if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. There's a hurricane or a tropical storm bearing down, but we're right in between thunderstorms. So it seems like the perfect time to record the show and get it all ready for you. And we are going to talk to the owner, Velvet Lips Sexual Education, this evening. So, Marla, it's great to have you with me today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know what? I saw that name and I'm like, Velvet Lips. Oh, my goodness, what a name. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's so funny because I figure people probably understand what it means. I don't even know how I came up with the name, but I know that I wanted to focus on, you know, vulvas and vaginas. And so I was just like, Velvet Lips, perfect. It's like... You know, you could be talking about your mouth, and I could be talking about communication, and I'm also talking about the other lips as well. And so, <laughs> you know, you know well, just, while you're talking about multiple meanings, I have to I have to mention this, but we'll get back to both of them. But but you also <laughs> have a conference you put together that's called Sex Down South, and I'm like, yes. There are so many ways to take that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just looking at this going, okay, now does she really mean both these things all these different ways? Probably. <laughs> so. Right. Multiple meanings all the time. Whatever meaning you think means, that's what it means. That was just, I looked at both those things and I'm just like, you know, she's probably as evil with this stuff as I am. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was just so funny. I just I I was I was looking at your one sheet and I'm just I'm cracking up. I'm just, that was just too funny. It really mm-hmm. was. <laughs> I mean I I've, I've written fifty some books. You know I just I love playing with words. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yes. amazing. I mean, that's I'm, a lot of books. Yeah, I know. Oh I my gosh. <laughs> That is incredible. I do. I just, I have a lot to say. What can I tell you? Wow. I've killed a whole lot of keyboards in the writing of all those books. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I know, well, and I threw them all away. I should have kept them. Can you imagine, like, the, the cool little, like, artwork I could have made with all those? Well, let me, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about Marla, and then we're going to, we've got all kinds of stuff we're going to talk about. So Marla Renee Stewart is a sexologist and a sex coach who runs her own sexuality education company, Velvet Lips, and she's also the co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference. And I tell you what, I watched the video, promotional video for that, and I shared it with a couple friends of mine, and I listened to them as they were watching it. That was the most entertaining phone call I've had in a long time. That was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. that was well. I'd watched it earlier, and I said, "You all have got to watch this." And like I said, just just listening, listening to the video while they were watching it was great. It was it was great. But it looks like y'all have a fantastic time during that conference. <laughs> Let me see. Now, uh, Marla has studied human sexuality for more than nineteen years. See, you got. I've only been studying for eleven years, so you've got eight on me. She's given over 400 workshops all over the world. She's also 
uh, been featured on a variety of media outlets, including Netflix Trigger Warning with Killer Mike and Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. You're in Atlanta, right? In uh, Fort Lauderdale, but I go back and forth between Atlanta and Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. Okay. And she co-wrote her first book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, with Dr. Jessica O'Reilly that debuted in April of 2020. That's actually how I heard about you. Somebody was talking oh, yeah. about you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just never know how I'm going to find people. So, it is it is very good to have you with me this evening and we're just going to we're going to talk about all kinds of things about your business and your book and the conference and just all kinds of things we can talk about. So, how did you get into this field? You did this this is a fascinating field to be in, but how did you get into this? So, I got into this field really I kind of want to say like you know, or organically, right? So I was in college and um, I mean, I guess I kind of had been prepped for this because my mother was really, um, I, I would I would definitely tout her as, as sex, somebody who is sex positive. Like she okay. just really educated me from the time of second grade on, but I wanted to be a model actress singer. So <laughs> it wasn't until okay. college that when I was dating and talking to people and, you know, having a great time that my friends were coming up to me. I was also studying human sexuality at the time, too. So my friends were just coming up to me and asking me, like, hey, Marla, you know, asking me for all sorts of sexual advice. And a lot of it had to be, um, a lot of it had to do with, you know, them, you know, talking about coming to orgasm or, you know, advice around, like, who they were dating or what was going on with their bodies. So I'm guessing I just pretty much have a uh, – I embrace folks and I have a non-judgmental attitude, so lots, lots of people tend to open up to me. So I really say that is sort of how it really got started or how the, the seed was really planted. And then – uh when I went to grad school, I was just like, okay, I know what I want to do. I want to do my sex ed business. And so um, I was going to, I was, I, I basically was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll finish grad school and then I'll do the sex ed business. And my best friend was like, just do it now. Like by the time you, you know, get everything going, like you'll be out of grad school. And I was like, oh, okay. And I did that. And that actually worked out really well. And so, um, so yeah, I, it all came together just uh, – and when I tell you, random strangers will come up to me telling me about their sex lives. <laughs> it's very bizarre. And I, I, when I tell people this, people are like, no, like nobody does that until I'm out with them and then some random stranger comes up to me and starts talking to me about their sex lives. And they don't even know me or know what I do or anything. And it's just absolutely <laughs> bizarre. But – I'm happy. I, you know, I guess it really is my calling. And, and so I, I've accepted it and I'm leaning in toward it. And, you know, it feels good. And, and your friends look at you like you're nuts, don't they? Well, not anymore. <laughs> you know, they used to. <laughs> when I first become friends with somebody, you know, there's a what meme uh, I put on my Instagram page a while ago, but it was like, I'm the one friend that your friends have to warn you about. Right. Yes. Or like they have to warn their friends about or whatever. Like yep. I'm that one friend where like I'm going to probably start talking about sex because I talk about sex 24 seven and it's my life and I love it. 
And, um, and so, you know, with my friends, they usually introduce me as, you know, their, their friend, their, their sex ed friend, their sex coach friend or whatever it is. And, uh, prepping them ahead of time just to make sure, you know, everything's cool. Well, you know, it's funny when you're around new people because you just talk about this kind of stuff naturally. And mm-hmm. and when new people are around, you don't think about it, you know, because you just get used to talking about Because this is like, this is work and this is life, you know. And mm-hmm. when other people are around, you just kind of make a comment and it's like, oh, oops. but there's no oop there's no oop you just gotta like go with it be like it's natural they just need to adapt uh, they need to mm -hmm. adapt exactly yeah you know i you know yep (laughs) (laughs) i i do i do manage to rein it in when i'm around my dad and my brother because that would be bad Mm. but i'm I'm not around them much but um, yeah, <laughs> so, they, they they haven't yet figured out what a love coach is, and I think this is probably good. So their yeah. their friends have all kind of like tried to figure it out, and and they've gone way too far overboard. But mm. whatever, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, that, whatever. <laughs> That's their problem. But I, I have I, I come from a very uptight, repressed family. Oh so, wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not not the kind of family you came from. <laughs> so yeah. very opposite of my family. Well my, yeah, my family, I wouldn't say my family is like super like, you know, they, they, they struggle a little bit, but uh to me it's like barely anything compared to like probably what you probably went through with your family or or having to like hide whatever you know sometimes some parts of you from your family because of their you know belief system. So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. come out. We all we all turned out the same, right? We're doing the same work. Yeah. Well, and you know, pre- pretty much all of us got here the same way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some people just don't like talking about it much. So. Mm-hmm. Right. No. 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 Interesting. So, tell us, tell us about your company. So, my company, so Velvet Lips, is a sexuality education company, like you said before. And what I do is I help people um, with uh, helping to build up their sexual confidence, helping them with seduction, helping them enhance their sex skills. Um, those are primarily uh, my. Um, strong points of interest. And then I have a lot of different other specialties. Um, Because I'm so interdisciplinary, um, I teach a lot of different categories. So within those three things, so the building sexual confidence, the the seduction, and the sex skills, I also help folks who have varying identities. So whether that's different lifestyles or their alternative or diverse sexual communities, um, whether they're kink BDSM, whether they're in HIV public health or have some other, you know, particular issues, I pretty much can um, cater to, to those folks. And I hold workshops as well as events, and I also do uh, personal coaching. So I do coaching with couples as well as individuals to make sure that they are getting the best uh, out of their sexual life as possible and, you know, making sure they're happy, healthy, and, and, you know, doing 
living their best lives and being being the sexual people that they want to be. So um, helping people with orgasms, um, so like all the things. So I use an integrative strategy in particular. So it's sort of a combination between sex therapy, um, somatic body work, and, um, and comprehensive sex ed. So I have my own, you know, my own style and my own uh, curriculum that I, I guide people with. That's, that's cool because I've, I've found that pretty much everybody that I talk to has you know, we, we've all gotten some form of set training and we each have put our own, uh, I don't know spin the exact wording. Yeah, our own, our own personal touch, our own personal spin on it, you know, mm-hmm. our, yeah, our own, our own touch, you know, to make it our own, you know, in the mm-hmm. way that, that works well for us. And helps us to connect with the with our clients and that kind of thing. Um, makes it you know in individualized for us, you know, and makes it our own. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, makes it makes it our own. I guess that's I guess that's the right way to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, different people have to. Uh, people, there's different people that like different styles uh, of teaching, right. of learning, right. and so I think it's very important for people to sort of adapt. Like me and you, we could be saying the same thing. Hey, do your kegels, but maybe the way that I say it, I'm like, do your kegels, and do it dramatically. <laughs> and maybe you're like, you need to concentrate. Let's do some breath work. Do the kegels, release, whatever. You know, whatever you, you know right. our styles are. It's just a matter of like finding the right person that is a fit for you. Um, because there's, you know, there's more than enough people that can help you. And, and um, like I said, we all put our own little spin on it. We're all, you know, giving the same, you know, not the same, but all, we're all giving like great information from our own varying perspectives. And, you know, when you've studied this work for so long, you know, there's just, there's always something new to learn. There's always some nuance. So, you know, it's always important to just, you know, make sure you're staying up to date. But again, like everybody has their own spin on things, so but yeah. Well, like I've told people too when they call me, and and they want to talk. I said, you know, it's it's as much when when I meet with somebody for an introductory session, it's as much there. I'm screening them, but they're screening me. You know, is mm-hmm, is the connection right. between us? Is is it right for us to work together? You know, and mm-hmm. you know, we we all have training in so many different. Um, so many different topics and that kind of thing, but each one of us has our own things that are specialties for us, and is is what they need the right you know is is our is our expertise and our specialties right for that person. So I just I I see it as a mutual. Mutual screening and mutual match. You know, are we right for them? Are they right for us? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's interesting. I always always think an introductory session with with a new person is just so interesting because we we it, it's almost like when you this might not come out right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anytime you meet a new person, but it's like you mm-hmm. know, are are we a fit for each other? Kind of deal. Yeah. But you know, it's like mm-hmm. dating. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was thinking. I just wasn't sure it was going to sound right. <laughs> so, 
mean, you know what I meant. <laughs> so what what are some very common problems that you see with couples that you've you've been able to help? Hmm. So some common problems that I've seen is just sort of desire mismatch. So one person yep. having low desire, the other person having high desire, um, and really trying to see, like, what's happening, right? Like, if, has there always been low desire, high desire, or has low desire just been recent, right? Like, or what are the things that have been lowering the desire? Because sometimes, and usually folks who have been socialized as female, what tends to happen is that they, you know, they are highly sexual um, at the beginning and then they slowly start to get annoyed at, you know, their partner or whatever and can't communicate their needs um, and what they need. And so it, it turns into this sort of spiral of communication that doesn't happen. <laughs> and so, you know, it, they end up, you know, not, not saying the things that they need to say and that can cause just a lot of resentment, right? A lot of resentment. Or if there's arguing or if there's not enough affection, if there's not, like, maybe romance, like, things that people need in order to, like, get those hormones going, right? Get those dopamine, the oxytocin. If you can't get those flowing with everyday, you know, needs, then the desire is going to go down. So, the person with high desire most likely already probably already has high desire and will continue to have high desire. And <laughs> so uh, the person who, you know, has, I don't know, average desire <laughs> and then right. has, uh, and then doesn't get the things that they need will tend to go lower just because they're not, they're not getting the things they need. So, um, so that's one of the things that, that tends to happen. Um, for my single people, I think being able to, um, I have a lot of single men, so like sometimes it's around like how to date, how to talk to women, how to flirt with them, um, figuring out what they want, right? Like, uh, right. cause sometimes a lot of men don't even know what they want. I have, you know, a guy right now who's like, do I want to be in a monogamous relationship? Maybe I want to try polyamory. Maybe I want to do something. He's like all over the place, right? Like, <laughs> and so really trying to find and tap into his own desires. And so I have some men like that who really, you know, are, um, are like, dating and really need help maybe dating or, or trying to get to the first trying to get to the first kiss you know um or and 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 talking consistently to women so um that's been that's another portion of my clients and then um i have some clients that have um dealt with some infidelity um, and so trying to reconnect and, and bond and uh, really be true and authentic to themselves. You know, um, a lot of uh, cisgender heterosexual couples tend to, um, tend to not communicate well, honestly, not communicate yeah. well and not be authentic in their needs, and so that can really be detrimental to, um, to their sexual health and, and kill their, their sex life, essentially. Definitely can. Yeah. So what what do you find is some of the best advice that you can give somebody that is single? Because being being single can you know 
there's there's a lot of people out there and I, I actually was watching my my phone seems to be possessed lately and it's really <laughs> funny. It, it, I'll I'll look down at my phone and, and I'll sit it down and like it'll just kind of start scrolling through and like stop on a video and it seems to be stopping on like really good videos lately. I don't know what mm-hmm. is going on with my phone. And it stopped on this one and it was on um uh, a show I'd never seen before. And it was it was actually a podcast that, that does um videos and he was talking about how certain women are just overpowering to the part uh, point of driving men away. Okay, single women. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so men are just like just forget it. I don't want a relationship. Just I just I'm tired of fighting it. I'm just I'm just not gonna fight it anymore. And I'd, I'd like a relationship, but it's just not worth the crap. Just forget it, mm. you know. And um, it, it's just you know the the certain type of of women that that don't really want an equal relationship. They they just they want they consider themselves superior to men, and some men are just like okay, just never mind, <laughs> you know, forget it. Um, mm-hmm. If if you had a guy like that come in, what kind of advice could you give him? Thinking about the, you know, relationship and thinking about, like, um, so in this world, right, that we're currently living in, we really really want to be, um, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, sexually satisfied, but we really want it, want it now, want it here, and like don't want to do the work. Um, and sometimes I would, so for, for, for men who are just like, ah, I'm not thinking about a relationship or I don't want to go into a relationship, um, I really think that it's a, a matter of what are they seeing, right? Um, who are they surrounding well, I don't, themselves I don't think with? It's, I don't think it's not wanting to put in the work. I think it's not wanting or getting getting tired of dealing with women that want to degrade men because there there are there are women out there that are doing that on a regular basis. You, you said that are degrading men. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that feel that women should be superior. I I'm a firm believer that it should be an equal partnership between a man and a woman. Right. Okay. Right. <clears throat> I don't think the man should be superior. I don't think women sh- should be superior. I think that the man woman should be on equal footing in a relationship and build a, a relationship or a family or whatever they want to have together. Right. Um, right. And not not put down and degrade and disrespect the other person. I, I right. That, that's just my crazy, you know, vision of a relationship. I don't think it's crazy. all right. Okay. You know, yeah. and, and work together toward toward this, you know, you know, mm-hmm. is, and if they're dating, then, then work toward that as, as partners. I, I just, that's how I see a relationship, you know, but if, but if one is working to put the other one down and think they're superior all the time, then that, I, I think that's a, a, a problem. Yeah. No and, and wants to be in a relationship like that. Do it. Yeah. So nobody wants to be in a relationship right like that when someone's already already putting them down unless that's their kink, 
you know, <laughs> unless they love you really Asian, but yeah, right. Like, unless they're into that, and I'm pretty sure most folks are kind of like, nah, no thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> if that's yeah, I think, that's different. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I think with, you know, situations like that, if they, you should, you should always strive to find someone who is going to be on equal footing, who is going to be in equal partnership, because um, that is, you know, how you find out, it's sort of like how you flow, you know, right. what are you good at, what are they good at, and how do you, how do you two mesh together, and right. so, yeah, it can but be. I feel like if, yeah, if men if men are feeling frustrated, I, I just feel like maybe they don't know what they want, and they not they're not really uh, they haven't really thought about it. You know, they sometimes I think men 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 do the same thing too. They kind of like not necessarily get trapped, but like. Um, you know, put themselves in a situation where they're like, wait a minute, actually, I don't like this, but then don't know, necessarily know how to get out of it. And yeah, so, I think I think a lot of people don't know how to, don't know how to or hesitate to end a relationship when they should. Exactly. That's what we need to do. How and when to end a relationship that's not working for you. That's that's a good subject. Need to, need to tackle that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Find those red flags first. Yes. When I'm my coaching, is one of the one of the things we concentrate on. You know, like we have the you know we have the emotional side, we have the logical side, but a lot of times because we have those rose-colored glasses on, our emotional side tends to take over, and we tend to, uh, you know, not use our logic, and so. I think it's extremely important, especially if I'm working with a guy like that, to make sure, like, he knows what he wants and, like, have that logic, write it down. Like, this is what you want because you know this is going to be good for you, not necessarily like, oh, uh, I might want to change it up here and there, and then, you know, you get in the situation and you're like, wait a minute, actually, I don't like this. Or, you know, I actually really need this. And so... Um, I think it's super, super important to understand your wants, needs, desires, and, you know, honor them. <clears throat> well, in setting, setting boundaries, say, this, this is what I need, and if it's not being met, this is not working. It's got to change. Right. And, and not feeling guilty for saying this isn't working, it needs to stop. Because right. I know sometimes people say, you know, I don't want to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, and realizing it's not healthy for either of you and you're not being the bad guy, you're actually doing what's right for both of you by ending it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to be the one that says we need to break right. up. But if it's, if it's not healthy, you're not being the bad guy. Even though the person may be really mad at you for a short time, you're not being the bad guy. You're actually doing what's healthy for both of you. Exactly. Okay. So, see, this 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 is easily a whole show right here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Now, what if somebody has decided for a time, and I know some people are going to cringe when I even say these words, <laughs> but what what if somebody's decided for a time not to have sex? 
or they're recovering from kind of a trauma, could be sex-related, could be another kind of a trauma, or could be from, from some kind of a, a health situation, and they're thinking they want to get back into action. What, what kind of advice can give that person to kind of help them? Because it can, it can be kind of tough to get back. You know, and I, I, I know somebody that, that actually had cancer and refused to have sex again for the next 10 years. Wow. And I think, I think there was other things going on there, but just as an example. So how, how can we help people get back? Because it can be, I know when you have various sorts of medical conditions, it can, can be very tough to get back in. Um, you know, especially like if it, if it was a heart condition, it can be, I mean, it can be scary. I actually did an entire show about that with a heart specialist. Um, yeah. You know, because okay, especially, especially say if you had a heart attack during sex, and then you're like, oh, God. Do you know? Do I dare do this again? Kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so what? What kind of advice could could we give somebody in in that sort of a situation? Or, or say that you just haven't had sex in a long time, and you're like, do I even remember how? You know, is is it like riding a bike? Do you remember what to do? Well, first of all, with sex, thinking about that, everybody is different. So if you're entering in, especially in a casual situation, you have to understand, hey, I have to tap into this to this new body that I'm experiencing. Um, and it's, it's also tapping into your new body that you're experiencing. Because if you Ooh. haven't had sex in a while, sometimes your body is, ch- is changing, right? Or your body has changed in some way. If you've gone through trauma or if you just haven't had sex in a while or haven't masturbated in a while, your body, you know, might have changed. As we age, you know, our, our bodies change. So things are changing all the time about what we want and how we feel and our desires as well as just the physical uh, aspect of it. And so for those folks who are, you know, hey, um, you know, I am uh, getting back into this and I haven't had sex for a while, the first step is just be gracious with yourself, right? Like give yourself some grace. Like you don't necessarily have to jump out there and, you know, and have sex with the first person you you meet or um or do you want to do that? That's totally cool too, <laughs> right? <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just really taking the time to like you know, feel yourself and say like, hey, is this the right decision for me right now? And do I feel good about this? You know, yes, if I'm unsure, then take it a notch, slow down. Just, you know, be gracious with yourself. Be forgiving of yourself because, um, you know, sometimes the people with trauma might have a a flashback. And, you know, uh, like seeing a flashback, you know, just being like, okay, I I saw it, but, like, am I going to choose to move on? You know, am I going to, you know, am I, uh, now that I've felt that, where, what is it going, like, what are the things that I need to, like, that bring me joy or bring me pleasure or to tap into? Because um, sometimes when people, you know, go through a certain trauma, they get sort of, it goes into a spiral, right? You can't stop thinking about those things. Um, and when you are able to, like, really consciously get out of the spiral and just say, like, hey, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on my favorite song. 
It's one of my favorite songs that I love to dance to and give yourself another trigger to help you, um, to, 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 that brings you joy, right? That brings you happiness. And so um, I think it's about finding those, those things that bring you pleasure, that bring you joy, that, that make you feel good. Start doing those things. Um, a lot of time when, when folks have gone through trauma, when folks have gone through something that, you know, that puts their, their body and their sexual actions on pause, um, they really need to find, you know, uh, the things that make them happy, you know, because after that sadness or grief or, you know, anger, whatever the case is, um, we've got to find our place back to happy. We've got to find our, our, our where the pleasure lies and what we're doing and, and how we're living our life. So I feel super, super important to go ahead and, like, those, those ple- get, knock that pleasure, knock those pleasure things out. Do something for yourself. Maybe do something for other people. Um, that usually brings other, you know, people pleasure. And then once you start feeling good, hey, now I'm ready to engage. Now I'm ready to move on into a place that feels um, nice and, and be in a sexual situation. And then now that you've decided that, now you need to talk to someone who, uh, who you're, or talk to the person that you're, talk to the people that you're going to be with and say like, hey, you know, I had this experience happen to me, but I'm, um, you know, I'm working myself through it, so, but I just want you to be conscious or aware of it. So that way, you know, people can be a little bit more understanding and people can say like, hey, okay, I understand, you know, this thing that might be happening and, um, uh, for you, but you know they might and they might choose to want to be with you or not, and I think that's perfectly that's okay that's their decision um, but communicating that that need is is huge hugely empowering um, for people, um, especially those folks who have um, you know dealt with uh, dealt with trauma definitely well, and the thing is too there's always the chance that especially the first couple times that the person may do something that will bring back a memory for you mm-hmm. and and they they need to, and, and you may react somehow that you don't expect and it's really important that they're ready that that they'll know why you react a certain way you know and i mean that that could that's like if if somebody touches my neck a certain way i i'll react I will. So it's it's very important that I tell that to somebody ahead of time and then they just they avoid touching my neck a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know. And if mm-hmm. and it just that eliminates that possibility, you know, and that <laughs> that keeps things in a very positive light, you know, cuz I I don't want cuz if if they do if they do touch it a certain way, that's going to make things very negative very fast. And to say it kills the mood is a humongous understatement, you know. So <laughs> if you can if you can eliminate that possibility, I mean, it's good if you know what the, the trigger is going to be ahead of time. But sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just don't know what it's going to be, you know. But right. I mean, that way you can you can head off something that could be very negative and have a very bad impact on you ahead of time. You know, and and like I said, you don't want that kind of thing happening without the person 
being forewarned and like you said too the person can decide if they if they do or don't want to be with you that way and and the thing is you you don't want to you need to be prepared that they they may not be able to handle it and they may decide not to be with you and that's you shouldn't take that personal not everybody can handle it I mean, they just, yeah, they came. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and actually, yeah. you know, actually, it's it's kinder for the person to to tell you that they can't than to get into a situation that could hurt both of you or, or that could hurt you. Um, I'm not saying that beautifully, but um, uh, it's it's more thoughtful I mean, to avoid the situation and avoid causing a problem, like I said, than to, to go through with it and to hurt you. Maybe that's better. Yeah, I, I just think that, like, you know, when you, you don't want to cause harm, right? Or you right. don't want somebody right. to harm you. And right. so to, to have that flashback and to relive that, you definitely want to be able to be like, hey, you know, like, let me just take a step back. Let's, like, let's take a step back. Let me do a deep breath or something. Or right. if you don't want to, you know, if that person doesn't want to be with you, yeah, you just have to be like, hey, you know what? There's there's other people out there that might be suitable for my needs and my desires and who are better equipped for understanding, you know, the right. things that I'm going through. Well, and the thing is, if you've waited, wait for the right person, you know? Wait for somebody that that's going to be caring, and it'll be better. So you know, definitely, it does make a difference. <laughs> right. I like that. See, I I I thought about that question. I said, you know what? I bet you she's a good person to ask this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I what? Just you know, that was that was a personal one. I said, we we can get through this. <laughs> So. Uh, let me see. See, I'm I'm not afraid to tackle the hard questions. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, part of I, our work, right? Uh, you know, well, you know, I, I I share a lot of very personal stuff on here, but I figure that it's it's stuff that needs to be needs to be said. And if if me tackling something that's really tough for me helps one person that's listening, it's worth it. It is totally worth it. So let's talk about this conference you do. What sort of themes have you done in this conference? Yeah, we had like our first one was around spirituality, you know, thinking about, you know, being in the South. And so we did like, uh, like you know, sex and spirituality. Um, our theme this year is Sex Through the Ages. Last year... Um, well, Sex Through the Ages this year is basically, you know, about how we've experienced sex through our ages. <laughs> and, um, and then last year, I think it was fluid. Um, so thinking about, like, wh- however you interpret that, so whether that's fluids as in body fluids or fluid as in your sexuality or sexual identity, um, you know, we kind of tackled all of those things. Um, so yeah, we've had some, yeah, I'm like, I can't remember what our other things have been. Oh, political. <laughs> we talked about like, a uh, the, the political, right? How the, um, 
Sunny Megatron, uh, when she was a sex celeb, her, her and uh, Ken uh, talked about, like, they had a, a they were talk, talking about, like, fucking for freedom, hashtag fucking for freedom. So it was, uh, it was sort of like the, the personal political kind of a, a feminist little mantra around, like, how, the, how, how politics affect our sexuality. Um, so that was, like, one year. So, yeah, I've had all sorts of different kinds of... Uh, uh, themes that have all been really fun, really great, and of course, lots of people don't adapt to the themes, <laughs> but some people do. So that that can also be. Uh, uh, I think that's really cool too. So this year we do have a number of uh, workshops that are specifically catered to thinking about age and how age um, and how you know different things, different experiences that we have might differ um, because of our ages. So um, I'm excited about that sort of sex yeah. age, just thinking about our sexual scripts and and how we've grown up and 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 how we've changed through our lives. I, I did a series of articles one time based on sex in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and that was that was it was a cool set of articles. I, so yeah, I can I can see how that'd be a neat a neat theme to do. So what I'm I'm curious so. I, I'm from Virginia, and I've I've seen. I mean, I consider that part of the South, but I mean, I, I know that as you get deeper south, it's it's definitely different. What do you think is the largest obstacle in the South regarding sexual sexuality in in all of its facets? So, uh, you know, uh, Virginia is definitely the South. <laughs> okay, kind of, sort of, yeah. It's like, uh, it's layered in between, but, you know. Um, yeah. Thinking about the sexuality in the South, particularly, it's really around the Bible Belt, you know, and yes. and thinking about, like, the religious, uh, the, the religious, uh, I have I have had to uh, think about the religious trauma that people have experienced um, because of, you know, the conservative religious, you know, uh, values that people have had. So um, that have affected them negatively um, in their experiences. Dogma, yes. Yeah, and so thinking about how that has affected um, people's sexuality, repressed people's sexuality, is... It's challenging, you know. It's like, how do you come from a repressive sexual space into a uh, more liberated space um, if you if you don't know what that looks like, right? Um, and the only reference you have is, you know, free porn, right? And really? it, it, yeah, so um, so uh, and. and it's interesting here, too, because there's so many different groups. Like, I, I remember coming from the Bay Area, and I remember being like, oh, my gosh. Here, in, in, when I was living in Atlanta, it's like, oh, my gosh, there are swingers groups everywhere. There are kinky groups everywhere. And there were so many. Um, and I just did not experience that many kind of groups. Uh, where I lived, and I was just like, wow, this is really quite amazing. <laughs> and so um, I, I just found that to be incredible, just uh, thinking about how it's just different. And, 
But, you know, I got hired by a church group, right, to, to do a, a couple's ministry because the pastor was just like, hey, these couples need to amp up their romance. Something is wrong. And, you know, it's sort of like, hey, there's a different, like, it's okay to embrace your sexuality in this way. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's just super, super important to, to uh, or what I, I really think about, like, which, okay, what's super important about being in the South is just um, trying to get away from those Southern identity tropes. So sometimes being the Southern gentleman or being the Southern belle can really be daunting for people because they can't embrace who they are authentically when they're prescribing in these identity tropes. And so that has been a a huge part of my work as well. And actually I'm writing a chapter on it uh, for a book that I'm um, co-editing called The Intersectional um, uh, Approach uh, to Sex Therapy. And so um, that will be out next year. So it's sort of like thinking about all of these different things, religion, how religion affects people, how people want to do things, different kinds of sexual behavior, but afraid because of their religion. And, um, and that can really, you know, it can really keep people from being who they are and who, you know, and really expressing their authenticity. And that, that's going to, that's gonna that's that's daunting and it's gonna stunt your 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 personal growth, not only your sexual growth but your personal growth. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> very very familiar with that. <laughs> but, uh, I, w- I was thinking I said I I can't believe she's gonna answer that question and not mention the Bible Belt. I just can't imagine she's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Gotta mention the Bible Belt, yeah, for sure. Oh gracious, but yeah, that um, that that had to be in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) But and yeah, and then what's interesting is is then when you you see the crimes that the people in charge of the churches are doing, and you're like, yeah, okay, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think about that in Atlanta. Like, I think about like the financial discrepancy, right? Like, we have a pastor in College Park who's who's in charge of a mega church who makes millions of dollars, and the average income of that city is is twenty six thousand dollars for a family of four, right? So it's like you know he's got a helicopter and a mansion and a plane and. You know, his family is well taken care of, but yet all these families that are giving him money are, are poor, <laughs> essentially, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. I, I was thinking all the sexual crimes they're doing, but yeah, that, that too. Oh, uh, yeah, that too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, who Who's that, Bishop Eddie Long, who freaking was, you know, had the... Uh, had you know sexual relations with those teenage boys, those young boys? Like, come on! Yeah, um, there's it's yeah. a lot of lot of interesting things going on. Just I, I don't <laughs> I don't deal well with hypocrites. I really really don't, especially when they try to hold themselves up as as superior and tell you what you're doing wrong. And like, yeah, you, you got no credibility. <laughs> no, right. You know so exactly. It gets me fussed at a lot. I'm like, it's whatever. <laughs> <And I'm> like, 
<laughs> just not caring what you got to say about that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know, but um so now this year the Sex Town South Conference is virtual, like pretty much everything's gonna be virtual this year. They're not letting us to get together with people. So <laughs> now <laughs> what what can a person who is sex positive or a sexual enthusiast which I, I like to think a lot of people are, are sexual enthusiasts. What can they expect from Sex Down Self Conference? So people can expect um, um, some really fun things. So, so virtually right now, you can expect a bunch of workshops. We have so many workshops lined up. So anything you could possibly think of or anything you want to attend is probably going to be at Sex Down South, the virtual, uh, virtual and in person. But um, so this virtual one, we're you know we have this new virtual event platform that we're um, that we're going to be on. So we're super excited about that. And then um, we're also going to have our, our parties and and, ming and mingles and everything on a, on a different platform for our nighttime activities just because our nighttime activities are probably going to be a little bit more explicit. Uh, <laughs> so that all, you know. <laughs> so um, if you're in person, though, it's really, really fun. I mean, it's T&I's baby, and we just, we love it. You, you come in there, it's, it's it's love. It's like a family reunion, and there's uh, it's three days. You it's all learning. So all the learning you can do uh, during the day, and then we have fun and party at night. And so we have uh, during the day we also have our healing space. So if you you know get triggered or you you know just want to talk to a therapist or have some kind of healing session, you can do that um, in person there. Um, that's part of the conference. And then we also uh, incorporated a dungeon space last year. Uh, so we had the dungeon that would be open during the day as well as of course at night and. Um, so we have that as well, but we have our, you know, our parties at night. Like I said, you learn, you come and learn during the day, and then you have fun and party at night, and it's really a gathering of like-minded folks who are sex positive, who are learning more about themselves, um, and who are just, you know, embracing um, all of this, you know, sexual energy, and, 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 and yeah. So come to, come to learn, come to mingle, come to... Come to party and come to have some fun. Learn more about yourself and other people. You know, that's, that's one thing with going through the love coach training. And, I mean, we're talking 30-some classes with that. And then doing the show the last almost seven years. It's, what, six years, 11 months this week. And I've, I've learned so much with, with all of the, the people I've interviewed and, and then also quite a few of my, my clients. I've, I've done books that are, are sex positive with them. But it's, uh, you know, so I've, I've learned so much about all those topics, but I've learned so much about myself that I never knew, you know, which I, I know people think that's crazy when I say that, but I've got, a so much better understanding about me on so many levels, you know, and it's, it's funny that you open up so many worlds for yourself 
when when you dig deeper into all this stuff. You know, and I, I know that sounds crazy to other people, but you know what I'm talking about. You know? Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It just, it, it, it's hard to explain to people sometimes, you know, but it just, as soon as I started studying and going through the classes with Dr. Ava, you know, and, and all this, I just, I started feeling different. I started seeing things different. I started feeling different about things about myself. It, it just, it's amazing how different you start to feel, you know? And it's its like, and, and then it was so funny. I got to the part, one, one of the last classes you take with her is um, coaching the love coach, okay? And one of the big things that she really, really drills down for you, and, and you'll get this because you said this, was about you you've got to be, non-judgmental with your clients you know which is so oh, yeah. critical you've got to be i mean no matter no matter what you you just you cannot be judgmental you know and the thing is it finally dawned on me one day i'm like if if i've got to be non-judgmental with my clients i've got to be non-judgmental with myself and that was mm-hmm. huge you know i'm like you know i i've got to stop beating up on me for things and and that was just that was like revolutionary for me, you know. And it's like this humongous weight was taken off of me. And you know, that was that was one of the most liberating days of my life. You know, it's just like, you know, all of this crap I've been told all these years it's that, that I've gotta that I'm not doing this and I, I can't do that and I, I gotta I, that needs to just be thrown off a cliff somewhere. That was huge. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. You know all the Bible Belt yeah. crap. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know it just wow, and and it just it people just don't um they don't understand how big all that stuff is, and it just you you just you see the world and you see other people, and you just see everything so much different. Sure, there's a lot of problems in the world right now, but. I got this. I got this. I'm okay. You know, whatever comes, I, I'm going to face it. You know, you know, I'm I'm going to make this work. But the thing is, you you just kind of you do what you have to do. You know, it comes at you, and and you say there's there's problems. I I got more than the problems I have to deal with. You know, but I'm going to make this work, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I have to do. And somehow I'm going to keep getting the show out for the listeners, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're going to get through this kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just... But getting the essence of yourself to a point where all that negativity is is gone that was there for so long, that's the first step in making it easier to face all the other stuff that that was the first big step and i i really think that that getting rid of all of that negative crap was a big step in what helped with all the other stuff i really did so it's it's amazing it is amazing but all right 
So what? Oh, tell tell the listeners about your book. <laughs> no worries. Uh, yes, the book I co-wrote with uh, Jessica Riley, and the book is called The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. It came out in April. Super, super proud of it. We basically frame it with the seduction learning styles that I have been um, telling folks about for years and years and years. And we also frame it with Jess's core erotic uh, feeling um, and the elevated erotic feeling. And so those are sort of the framework, the theoretical framework. And then we go into sort of practical exercises. So things you can do to build up your sexual confidence, such as verbal seduction, um, mm. just affirmations. Uh, we have... Um, uh, you know, physical seduction. So we have some practical techniques. So, you know... Uh, uh, techniques for the for the penis and the vulva and vagina and uh, kissing techniques, you know, seduction for busy people. Um, you know, we talk about pervertibles and props and toys and things. So it's sort of a really great guide on like lots of different things that can um, that can help you with your, uh, your seduction foreplay and make sure that you you and your lovers like get the things that they need. Seduction and foreplay, good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, good, good stuff. And, and what's interesting, I, I saw in the description for the book, it says foreplay is sex. That's right. Yes, foreplay <laughs> is sex. Sometimes people, and I, I think it has a lot to do with, like, you know, uh, a lot of uh, cisgender heterosexual couples tend to be like, yeah, we did foreplay, you know, which they, then they, I, I'm like, you know, well, what's foreplay? And then they're like, oh, well, you know, a hand job and oral sex. And I'm like, it has sex in the title. That means it's sex. So um, hand sex, oral sex, you know, anal sex, all of those are sex. <laughs> so, like uh, so that's not, what, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's what we mean. Foreplay is sex. Like, don't get it twisted. Make sure you understand that. Yeah. I, I know. I saw that in the description. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I will have um, links for all of Marla's uh, sites and a link to the book, description for the book, her full bio. I only gave you part of it. And let me see uh, all the other information on my website. If you go to www.readyforloveradio.com slash guide to seduction. I like that. <laughs> seduction is good stuff. Seduction and flirting and foreplay and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have to read your book just to see if I missed anything. <laughs> For sure. You'll topic. learn a lot. <laughs> uh -uh. Well, always, always good to know those things. All right. Well, thank you very much for being with me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me on today. Oh, yes. And listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio. <laughs> 